0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on the steel man because, duh. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. You can do parlays where you can string together a bunch of future losers so they can make you more money or future winners. Uh, you can also bet on Your phone, you can bet on pro football, college football, MLB, you can bet on the Penguins in hockey, you can bet on basketball, anything, all with a sleek mobile interface at mybookie.ag. So if you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game like Duck. With MyBookie.ag. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. C-H-A-I-R. Put in a million. They'll give you two mil. Boom. MyBookie.ag. Online today. You play. You win. You get paid.
0: Go Sam!
2: Steeler Nation, treated to our second win of this disheartening season. But we were the beneficiaries of front row seats to an ornithological marvel. I don't think duck season opens until, what, late October mm. in the South region. October 19th to be precise. But we got to see Devlin Hodges in action in a game that saw the Steelers try to give it away, but uh, finally overcame the... Los Angeles Chargers, 24-17. to 17. They won. They won. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. It is October 14th, 2019. This is Tom from the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. And on this Columbus Day, I just want to say, the extremes to which we're going to make this, this podcast work. First of all, I've moved from the command center to the laundry room. So if you hear a hush in the background, that might be the furnace or that could be the humidifier. But hopefully my voice sounds a little better than the tin can I was broadcasting from before. And Nick is at work secretly recording this podcast. So if, uh, if, if at times he sounds a little subdued right. because he's hiding from the man.
1: Yeah, don't let my subdued voice uh, undermine the volcanic excitement in my heart after another Steelers win. You guys, we give you like a disclaimer every week. Okay, here's the reason for the audio issues this week. Here's the reason for the audio issues that week. And I'm just going to let you know that you're like, enjoy it. This is pirate radio. Before this thing blows up, this is something that you guys know about and that we have grown men in their laundry rooms talking about the Steelers because we can't talk about the Steelers with an overabundance of echo. But, yep, the Steelers won another game last night, upset the Chargers in L.A. The Steelers won a game on the West Coast. The Steelers won a game with their third-string quarterback. And the Steelers won the game uh, dominating in the fashion that we thought they would and in the ways they would in the preseason. And a lot of things are coming to light. So I don't know what you want to start with, Dad, but obviously – you know, he may have not been the first or second or third reason for the win, but how glorious is it watching Duck Hodges not just lead his team to victory with with you know aside from the interception, some smart distribution of the rock, but with just the inspiring nature of his presence and the just the sound of his Alabama draw, which I have to assume was good for at least twenty of, of the points the Steelers scored.
2: Yeah, it's fun. I mean, he sounds like he's on Xanax the whole time. He seems very <laughs> calm, and he tells us many times, I Maybe. feel comfortable, I feel prepared, and I've done this before. I, I will re- rewind a little bit and just tell you about, you know, it was exciting for the win, especially at least through two and a half quarters. I was excited until I started getting nervous. But the fact we have another West Coast home game was awesome. I think Mark Boli noted that there were about 25,000 people in attendance at this game.
1: 20,000 of whom were wearing black and gold and waving gold towels. It's almost frustrating because obviously it's a really small stadium, but – you can hear how loud it is and how psyched the Steelers fans were from over the TV. And you just wish that Heinz Field would get like that sometimes. Not saying that Heinz Field doesn't do a good job, but this was overwhelming. This felt like uh, maybe not Kansas City or Seattle, but a similar vibe where you could see the towel swirling the entire game. These people clearly appreciative of uh, getting their one chance in, you know, four years or whatever it is to see the Steelers. Well, two years, I guess, for the Chargers. But um, don't oh, no, four years because usually they, they alternate where they play the game. But I- either way, it, it was it was hugely impactful. The Ste- Ducks said the Steelers didn't even have to use silent count one time while they're on the road. Obviously, the pass rush can tee off to pa- uh, to lot. La- so, like, big-time crowd noise like that. So, TJ and Bud benefited from that for sure. And you could just see the emotion on the Steelers players. They were celebrating like crazy. They were getting into it. And that's definitely a big reason for why the Steelers were able to get the win. And it just makes you feel bad for the Chargers.
2: Yeah, I guess if I'm a player, uh, the only people I feel worse for are people on the the Dolphins. But, but that was yeah. pretty demoralizing, especially if you look into the stands. Yeah. I, I don't know how much that how many people that stadium holds, but... Clearly, when you are just looking up and seeing black and gold, that doesn't motivate you. Um, but we we did we did say we didn't want to bury the lead. Duck Hodges had an interesting stat. He is the sixth undrafted free agent rookie to win his first game in the NFL since they started tracking this stuff in nineteen sixty six.
1: Nice. Well, he played well. He was it was total game manager. It was basically like Mason Rudolph's game against Cincinnati, just. Transfer it to Duck Hodges in Los Angeles. I mean, take care of the ball, throw a bunch of short passes to James Conner. They found a variety of ways to get him open. If I was the Chargers fans, I might feel like the Steelers did last year when we had Bostick covering Keenan Allen. If I were a Chargers fan, I'd be wondering, why don't why don't we cover James Conner? This is the only thing they're doing. But even when they did cover James Conner, he did an incredible job of breaking tackles and extending runs. Once again, felt really good for him, just like we did against the Bengals, getting to show off in primetime. I think a lot of people just check box scores and you think, oh, James Conner's not doing well. He doesn't have a lot of yards. But we've been pointing out the whole season, he's never gone down on the first defender's attempt to tackle him, right? I mean, he's dragging people and spinning. And it's not beautiful, but it's effective. And, And, well, it is beautiful if you're a Steelers fan. But, yeah, he was just doing a great job breaking tackles. And Duck was doing a good job. Just getting the ball to these guys and being decisive. I thought we would see more of Duck trying to extend the play and put the ball downfield, but it really looks like the Steelers coaches, rightfully so, had a lot of faith in their defense and the, just the trench play of both lines and, and just did not want – they realized they didn't need duck to, to throw the ball downfield and maybe they would have if they hadn't come out to that early 14 zero lead obviously devin bush gets a fumble return for a touchdown and an interception within like the first 10 minutes of the game and but maybe you know if it were a closer game you would have seen duck throw downfield more but it really just seems like the steelers coaches knew that they could rely on the old school don't turn the ball over except for the one time and and play defense and uh, he just did what he had to do to get the win and Another thing, is small, like I know he was throwing a lot of little short passes to James Conner. This goes unnoticed, but we talk about it with quarterbacks. I know it's like a, a the ball is traveling ten yards in the air, but the fact that it comes in a perfect spiral and is usually in a place where the guy can catch it and keep running on time—that's an undervalued skill set. If you watch Drew Brees play, he's like amazing at that, where they catch it and they're they're in full speed. So give Duck some credit for that. So one of the things I think you and i agree on
2: is that the battle really took place in the trenches and especially for me the the defensive line that's sort of the story of the game although if you look at how well benny snell did and james Conner did that it does sort of point to auger towards a good offensive line performance
1: yeah totally the thing about the chargers is I have no sympathy for this, but as usual, they're banged up as hell. They're missing a ton of guys, like five or six major starters. And usually I do feel bad for them because I've never seen a team that's so snake bitten over like decades of experience in this. But obviously the Steelers without Ben Roethlisberger, so you can cry me a river. But the thing with the Chargers and even last year, they're they're small. They're fast and athletic, but they can be – Beaten into submission, if you will. And the Steelers have the personnel in the defensive line and the offensive line. Every team has run all over. I think I've been saying San Diego. I don't know. They've, people have been running all over the Chargers. I didn't know if the Steelers would actually be able to take advantage of that because they haven't shown the ability to really pound the rock in any game this year. This was the first time where they had some success. And even still, the Steelers' run game this year, since that Cincinnati game has kind of turned more into these swing passes and short passes mixed with runs, and I give them credit for finding a creative way to get James Conner out into space, and uh, so yeah, they they took advantage on offense with that offensive line, and then on defense, I mean it's just going to show you we got to pray Stephon to it isn't isn't big time injured because obviously he left the game. We'll get into injuries later, but this Steelers defense. Defensive line is probably a top five defensive line in the league, and they absolutely mauled the Chargers on every play. And if Philip Rivers wasn't so used to getting mauled and used to getting rid of the ball quickly, they might have had another seven sack day. Well, so if if we had to uh, just point out some specifics, I, I just sort of had some several themes
2: on defense. Just they they were swarming to the ball. I mean that that might be a little little cliche, but they were. Um, Tyson yeah. Alulu had an incredibly strong game. You pointed it to it. Not, no argument there, and, and this is depressing to think he might be out with a yeah. sort of relapsed pectoral muscle. But Tyson had a really strong game. The, and I don't want to go right to the negatives. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's stay with the positives. Let's talk about the takeaways again. Bush, two more ter- uh, the fumble recovery for a TD, his interception, and Cam Sutton. We'll get to him in a little bit, Definitely. but uh, he, he had a tremendous game. The negatives for me, and maybe I don't know how much you agree with this, but Devin Bush did seem to have some difficulty tackling, and it wasn't like Ryan Shazier's difficulty. Remember, Shazier seemed to miss because he just was so super
1: aggressive. He was right, you know, he was darting past people. But Devin Bush, um, yeah, he he was struggling in the open field. He he was actually pretty horrible after the uh, after the takeaways. And I agree with you. I mean, I'm not worried about it long term. I sort of look at it as hey, this is getting used to tackling NFL ball carriers. You know, when you're at Michigan, you're the most athletic guy on the field every game. It's kind of a foregone conclusion that when you one-on-one somebody in the middle of the field, you're going to take them down. Well, these guys will will get away from those tackles. And I think he's adjusting. And he might actually do well to sort of transition to what Shazier did. Like, I know we... Would get annoyed sometimes because he would miss some of those big plays. But when you're a smaller linebacker like Shazier and Bush, like your best weapon should be that the torpedo maneuver. It should be your speed and you should go in there. And I think he'll learn how to just be hyper aggressive tackling guys. And even sometimes with Shazier, if he'd missed the tackle, he'd at least bump the guy enough so he'd slow him down, and, and someone else would tackle him. But Shazier created so many more huge plays as a result of that style that it it was it was really worth it. Troy Palmolo was the same way. So hopefully Devin learns from that. You know who really models yeah. that
2: well is Minka Fitzpatrick, and we were talking about a small guy, and he uh, he submarines almost all of his tackles. He's generally successful. He didn't have the best game. Of his short stealer career yesterday, but definitely a model tackler. The other thing I wonder about whether Ike Taylor is giving lessons because huh. there were four kind of four dropped interceptions. Chicolo, I you know, maybe that was, that that was a difficult one to catch, but speaking of Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick dropped one.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh Edmonds coming out of the end zone on that last, that last long pass. I mean, he was coming. Out of the end zone towards the passes, and he could have picked that. I looked eminently pick offable, if you ask me. And then yeah. um, the <laughs> silver bullet you. dropped an interception, so that that was troubling. Ended up not, but you know that would have been four more four more turnovers. That's significant. The good news, I guess, is that we are getting those opportunities, and it's just not, you know, um, no, it's not because it's a poor quarterback. I think you know he only got sacked one time, by the way. But the the rush forced him to get rid of the ball so quickly, and I think that must have had something to do with that ball being in yeah. position for. Yeah, he's a
1: unbelievable at getting the ball away when he's just surrounded by people because they have not been able to build a line around Philip Rivers for a while uh, on the Chargers, and that's what I was saying. So this, yeah, just looking again from thirty thousand feet at the defense, the absolute wave of pressure the defensive line and the defensive front with the edges because bud dupree was very good as well tj watt uh i don't know if he was having a heat stroke later in the game he looked like a lobster by the end there he was trying his butt off but everybody that line is just pushing and collapsing the pocket on every play i didn't feel like rivers was able to just sit back there and, and take whatever he wanted he's just you know a Hall of Fame caliber-type quarterback and makes those plays. So just looking at the game, once again, the physical dominance of the Steelers was so obvious. And and they were able to run with the receivers for the most part. um, And they got the turnovers. And so at the end of the day, that's the name of the game. The the Steelers just physically dominated the Chargers. The Chargers are too small and not fast enough to play with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And still, like you're saying, there are downsides. And the two ones are – while they're swarming nicely to the ball uh, for the interceptions and for gang tackling, there's some open tackling issues, especially with Devin Bush. He's going to have to learn from that game. And then the dropped interceptions—it's it's almost as bad as last year when they led the league because Fitzpatrick's, Mike Hilton's, and Chicolo's, those were those are easy. You should those are totally easy. Edmonds, sure, we know he's never going to high point a ball and intercept it, but the other three are totally easy. And if you make those. This Steelers defense, you need to to play some more good teams. I'd be curious to see them at the end of the year against a a Patriots team or a, a Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes or something before I get too out of my head. But if they could pull down those things, they're looking like a top five type defense. But they're improving.
2: Here's what takes them out of the top five, and I I don't want to harp on this because I'm tired of criticizing them for this. How did it take – you know, the Chargers don't deserve to win because it took them two and a half quarters to figure out to throw the ball 10 feet in front of them because that thing is open ground. All you need to do is get your receivers out.
1: It's not even 10 feet. It's unfortunately 15 to 20 yards, and we mentioned that as well. The middle of the field – Is just so wide open on the Steelers. And, again, it's been like that for so long that that tells you they've moved guys in, they've moved guys out. we got guys who can make plays on the ball, Nelson, Sutton, Fitzpatrick. At the end of the day, Bush, this middle of the field is still open, and that represents a schematical deficiency to me. So the Steelers have to figure out a way to get that cleaned up because – By the fourth quarter, Rivers could take whatever he wanted down the field. They went on that long touchdown drive where it was just basically six straight throws of in cuts to the left side to Mike Williams at 15 yards. Guy catches them easily every single time. And that is just a major problem. And they haven't been able to fix it for years, so I don't know if they'll be able to fix it going forward. But the good news is they have way fewer issues than they used to have to worry about in prior years. Uh, This is the bye week coming up. So while Artie Burns got a game ball uh, for the game, I think that was much more ceremonial. He wasn't horrible, but he definitely wasn't good. (laughs) Steven Nelson will be coming back in for the Steelers, uh, hopefully around the time of the Dolphins game in a couple weeks. And he gives them a lot more versatility because he can play inside and outside. And that lets you not have to worry about covering up deficiency so badly. And, at that point, hopefully, this, this issue with the the middle of the field being so wide open, hopefully they can concentrate their resources on fixing that because you're right. They opened the game with a 20-yard, like skinny post or whatever it was. And uh, that's a major issue. But there aren't too many issues with the defense right now, at least. Flipping the other side of the ball on the offensive line, I mean, I think,
2: you know, Connor's sort of been stifled this season, primarily because he wasn't getting holes. And with the same line, interestingly, and I I do acknowledge the Chargers had their problems and their injuries, but there were definitely holes open up for both he and Snell, who has not had a good time going all the way back to preseason. Well,
1: Snell acquitted himself nicely. Again, it is not pretty. It's not sexy. But he did a good job pushing the power forward. He got a couple of major first downs. He ended up leading the team, I think, with 75 yards rushing. And, you know, it was nice to see him in there.
2: Indeed, yeah, I, I would say two observations, two interesting sort of. I
1: don't
2: know how you how you view this, but uh, <laughs> right. Bosa was offsides ninety percent right. of the plays. Uh, of course, I I kind of noticed TJ was he, he's he's explosive and off the ball quickly too in that same way. But it did, and Bosa got called one time I think, but didn't it seem to be like he was moving it early?
1: Uh, I think it's both. He definitely just is just that fast. But part of the art of pass rushing is being able to time up a snap count and then r- recognizing what referee crew you have. So I wonder if even TJ started going earlier as the game went along because he noticed Bosa getting away with it.
2: The other observation is that Pouncey didn't have his finest day snapping. And it wasn't a, a plethora, but it was a few that he bounced off the turf. and That one that we were yeah. near the goal line, we were on like the three when he just skidded that, and, and thank goodness that Hodges was able Duck's to pick that up and night. just toss Honestly,
1: it away. I'm, it sort of reminded me of Ben's famous tackle against the Colts, where it's like you think people are being sort of tongue-in-cheek tongue by being like, oh, that's his best play was this this tackle or a throwaway, but that would have been a disaster if he didn't recover that. There's, there's points gone right there. So, yeah, I guess if you're looking at the – Themes offensively, they just didn't have to do much. They were successful with some of the short passes. I think that James Conner is just all the difference on the offense. Him breaking tackles, without him doing that, you wouldn't have had really any offensive success whatsoever. And that's why I do think James Conner is still one of the better backs in the league, one of the kind of 12 guys who can really um, carry a run game. He just needs a little bit more help around him. And, uh, yeah, we can get more into duck when the time comes. Obviously, we'll get into the receiver. It's like, look, I, I'm i very I'm proud of Juju. I hope that he stays this course. It, it is miserable being a receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. I think they had like 30 yards combined. You're not going to get the ball. But I will say Moncrief made a nice diving catch, and Deontay Johnson made one too on some nice out routes by Hodges. But at the end of the day, before we move into the more position-by-position position stuff – the general theme of this game is that the Steelers just mauled the Chargers. They were outphys they were physical. Chargers couldn't handle it. And getting out to that early lead is what with the turnovers is really what set the tone for the game and the reason why they got those turnovers because you can say they just threw the ball right to them. The reason why they got them was the immense pressure by the defensive front. And then on offense, they did their job playing a little bit better than the first three games where they couldn't even move. At least they picked up some, picked up some yardage, put the ball in the end zone, and uh, yeah, but it really came down to the fact that the Steelers are looking more like the team we thought they would be in the preseason. Uh, than the team that got thrashed by New England. There's dominant trench play. Defensive line's fantastic. Offensive line's coming along. The secondary is vastly improved, drops and all. They're defending passes. Sutton had one. Hayden had one. Uh, Even more than that, I think Bush had one as well. Interceptions are coming. The turnovers... You know, we're at a large enough sample size now where we can see this team finally does know how to get turnovers. And then on the offensive side, you got hard no skill position guys. And then the only question mark is we don't know what's up with the progression of the wide receivers because they don't really have a chance at this moment.
2: So the other concerning thing is the list of injuries. And you mentioned Steven Nelson. We talked about to it. And in Mike Tomlin's game interview, he mentioned Connor had a quad. Watt had an oblique, whatever an oblique is. <laughs> And Hayden had a groin, which most of us have, but his obviously he's in pain. So we don't don't know what the extent of that is and whether that will hold them out of the game. But the good news is, well, the good news for them is we have a bye week next week. The bad news for us is we have a bye week next week. And the good news is they have a bye
1: week next week, right? Yeah, there's good news and bad news. But it doesn't look like any of those guys have serious injuries except for Stephon Tewitt, who legitimately might be the Steelers' best player so far this season. And if you want to spin that in a positive way, I can do that. Because I feel like in Pittsburgh, we're sort of spoiled with – we've had a lot of superstars forever, but especially in this Ben Roethlisberger era, especially Killer Bees post-Killer Bees era. And a lot of those guys become stars like by their second season. I mean even Antonio Brown, he wasn't the superstar by the second season, but he was already uh, making – you and I were saying when they were talking about Wallace and Brown, I remember us saying like, I think Brown is actually the the number one receiver. But what I'm trying to say is that all guys – they do, Not everyone is Juju. Not everyone is DeCastro or or Shazier or Pouncy or Ben, who by their second season is really leading the team. Some guys are like Willie Gay or Stephon Tuitt or even Watt to an extent or Hayward, who just keep getting better. I... Great example. Hike. These guys just keep getting better over the course of their career. So there are other guys in the wings. I mean, the big one I'm looking at is, you know, Terrell Edmonds. He's he's taken a very slow progression, but hopefully he can still keep improving because Stefan it has really showed that health has been a big part of it, but he's been able to improve steadily every year, and hopefully he's healthy going forward.
2: Well, let's get into a little bit of specifics. We'll go through the positions quickly. We've talked a lot about Hodges right now, but specifically he was 15 for 20. 132 yards, one touchdown and one interception. You know what, you know when they say statistics lie, I'm I'm on several different sites just trying to look to see, see what his uh passing chart is. Mm-hmm. They all disagree, all the numbers disagree. So I went back personally and watched every one of these passes and tried nice. to chart it out. You know, and again, they didn't actually have 20 passes in the uh the the list of plays, but I will say generally Eight. He was eight for eight in passes behind or uh, at the line of scrimmage. One of those was like a little toss. They count yeah, this as a pass. That pass. little toss he gave to
0: Deontay Snow? or someone. Yeah. Chest
2: pass. I do that all game. Yeah. Um, he was five for six in passes up to the ten yard past the line of scrimmage and up to the 10-yard line. So, 8 for 8 behind the line of scrimmage, 5 for 6 up to the 10-yard line, and 1 for mm. 5 and passes over 10 yards. Notable, Notably, yeah. there were only 5 attempts. One was the first, what was the first series? Was it the second? The first play of the first Juju wide
1: open on a double move. Yeah.
2: Man, that would have, not that you needed to blow the game open, eventually we did, but my gosh, that would have been a, such an unbelievable play yeah, for him to open it up jittery. with. And he was, was just... definitely,
1: you could see, that is first game jitters all the way. I just feel, I feel so bad for Juju, man. And, and the, I hope he stays the course like this, being the leader with the enthusiasm and not dropping that. That's his whole MO. But damn, man, uh, you should just see, I mean, we are big duck fans. I, okay, why don't we talk about this? First off, well, let's get the interception out of the way. That was a bad throw. I think he just decided, I just want to throw it downfield. The coaches haven't let me throw it downfield the whole game. And he just stared at at um, Holton the entire way and threw it kind of right to the other team. So that wasn't any good. I thought we'd see more him creating, but it looks like the, the coaches really nipped that in the bud. And they just wanted him to manage the game. And honestly, he did a great job of it. Like I said, short area. Uh, accuracy so that the guys can catch and run. Not everyone does that. Even Ben, the greatest quarterback of all time. He sometimes struggles with some of those screen passes, throwing it behind the guy. So he has to spin or whatever. Uh, Duck did a good job with that. He catching the, his composure was excellent. You can just tell he looks comfortable in the pocket, especially scooping up that 30 yard bad snap, the one handed catch on the high snap, the low catching all those snaps, no problem. And then having the wherewithal to throw it away in the process and, yeah, so he was very composed, good game manager. And now we can talk about the interesting thing. The I guess two questions can be asked. Do you think the Steelers will start Mason, which I think we both I think we both kind of assume that. And do you think they should start Mason against the Dolphins or has Duck done enough to earn at least another chance?
2: You wouldn't be surprised to hear if you if you listen to the post game interview with Tomlin, he got peppered with those questions and Mike Tomlin good. said I'm not getting into that. So the question – I think that they will start Mason Rudolph against the, the Dolphins. And I think Hodges is interested. I, I think yeah, they should start him. I think him. that
1: the, I would like to see Hodges get a couple more games. And I think a lot of Steelers fans will say that because he's so lovable. He's He's not quite Juju level, but he's getting there with the Duck nickname. By the way, best moment of the whole game is when they're doing the player introductions – on you know the bottom of the screen, it says Juju Smith Schuster, USC, Duck Hodges, Sanford. He says Duck. He's leaning into it. He wore the Duck shirt underneath of his jacket at the post game conference, so you can see how a lot of Steelers fans right now might just want to start Duck because he's lovable, and we know that he has you know limitations to his arm strength, both how far he can throw it and how hard he can throw it. But I just um. I'd like to see him for a few more games because Mason Rudolph, I'm not judging his career off of three games either. I mean, he he deserves more time to play as well. But I would kind of just like to see Mason, he's gotten three. I'd like to see three with Duck because I don't think Mason Rudolph is so overwhelmingly physically talented that you can honestly say his ceiling is so much higher than Duck's. I mean, it probably is. I mean, he's got more of a prototypical body. He's got that great deep ball that he has not been able to connect with during the regular season, but we've seen it in the preseason and in college. But also, Rudolph played with a clean pocket his entire life at OU, and we're seeing that Duck doesn't need that. And he gives you a little bit more creating and moving around in the pocket and his timing on some of those out routes. We haven't seen that a single time from Mason Rudolph, and we've seen it a couple times from Hodges. So, I think that you have two really good backup quarterbacks on your team right now, and I would—I'm not saying he's better than Mason. I'm not saying he's going to be better than Mason, but in this season, I'd like to see him get another shot out of it because he did everything you asked in that first victory.
2: Yeah, I'm not—I'm um, not going to it's the mat matter. for Mason Rudolph. I think he will, just because again, investment—not just financial investment, time—you know, number snaps—and and, and he, he does look. I, I do think he has more power, even though he's not a. You know, he's not Ben, but he has some more power. But either way, I, I, I'm I'm fine. I mean, we, we've we got uh I agree. You, you're going to basically yeah. have two game managers on your hands. And I will say the one thing I just wanted to emphasize when you talk about Doc Hodges' is composure. You know, when Pouncey made that snap and uh-huh. we were basically on their three-yard line and the ball kind of fluttered back, if I was the coach, I think I'd be like, go get it, go get it, because he looks so – Not lackadaisical, but
1: composed. He sort of jogged. Well, it's smart because you have to wait for the bounce. Like when a football gets thrown on the ground like that, it's going to take a big bounce like halfway through its trajectory. So it's just a guy who – he's just an athlete. Like certain guys are good with the ball bouncing around. They can catch. They can throw. They can do things like that. And I think Mason has some of that too, but Duck might have a little bit more. Um, I know we're spending a little bit of time on this, but, hey, this is sort of the headliner talking about Duck Hodges getting his, his first game. And, yeah, I don't know. I think, again, this isn't us just blowing smoke at you because it's a Steelers podcast and we're Steelers fans. This isn't just glass half full. This is showing you you got two guys right now who they're young. They're game managers. There's nothing wrong with that. Very few people come in like Deshaun Watson. And, by the way, just once again, let's double down on the game manager thing with Ben, his rookie year. He was not just a game manager. He would make two or three massive throws per game that these guys cannot do, but that's due to a physical talent level. And just to be clear for people comparing to Ben being a game manager when he was a rookie, that's just not true. I mean, no, he's not the, the, the gunslinger Ben that he is today, but he was a little bit more than a game manager because he'd make three to five elite plays per game, whether it's a deep throw, whether it's a, a, a deep out, whether it's a scramble to something else. He had that, and Rudolph and Duck don't have that. But you're looking at your game, at your team playing with with youth everywhere, except for a couple key guys on the line that that does worry me as a Steelers fan on both of those lines. But. You're watching your team play with these game managers and not only are they in every game, but they should have beat Seattle. They should have beat San Francisco. even though San Francisco did outplay them and they're right in the thick of things. And this is what you and I talked about after Ben went down. This is what you want from this Steelers season to see the quarterbacks develop, to see the whole team develop. And hopefully Ben gets back healthy next year playing the way he should. And you have a great team waiting for him. And, uh, I stand by the Steelers' decision to, to do that. It's, it's such a mind-bender, you know, giving up the first-round draft pick and basically giving up your chance at getting a top-tier quarterback. And maybe it would be a good idea, but I think this team, you know, the offensive line doesn't have much time left in terms of being an elite talent. And there's not really guys in the pipeline who you can really pipe in. Of course, you have Finney and stuff like that, but what about the center? You don't have a Munchak. I think there is an expiration date to this team in a way – that makes me feel good about trying to keep the band together because this band is getting a lot better while Ben is gone. And and hopefully the other quarterbacks can get better in the meantime and and take their lumps.
2: Yeah. So moving to the running backs, we talked about Connor already just specifically 16 carries for 41 yards and a touchdown and uh, rushing, but seven for seven, 78 yards receiving with a touchdown and his most his touchdown. I mean the the running touchdown. I don't yeah. think it was. I think he was touched, but barely touched. No, no, no he broke on, t- on the receiving touchdown. On the receiving touchdown, back- it was
1: a, th- a third down, I believe, and he was actually one on one with the guy. Yeah, he yeah. got his arms all the way around his shoulders, and he just threw him off and ran for a touchdown. Yeah, that's the big. That was going to be a, a, no. a, a field goal. If right. he didn't break that tackle, it was just him and the other guy, and he had James pinned against the sideline. So he should have made the tackle, and Connor broke out of it. So that might have been his best play of the night. Well, one of them. He had a lot of twisting first downs that were impressive too.
2: He did. He had uh, actually he had uh, several first downs, but two rushing, and you can if he's close, you can count on him getting it. And James Connor will always be my number one guy. But I was actually more interested in Benny Snell. He was 17 carries for 75 yards. Uh, he had a reception for 14 yards, and he broke one yeah. for, for 20 yards, which was both uh, a testament to the offensive line. But, you know, we, we were just wondering whether this guy was going to be a bust. But he really had yeah, a nice and I'd clarify, nice game too, I don't think we,
1: think we were ruling him as a bust for his whole career. We were kind of calling him a red shirt, right, because he just looks not explosive. And he still looked that way last night, but he was able to go in there, and James Connors out, and the game didn't fall apart, and the guy did a great job. Uh, powering through and it just looked as advertised this guy's a straightforward straight ahead runner who can take a beating and i think he got a little bit better as he went on at least he looked more comfortable obviously the chargers were stacking against the run more as he went on in the night but yeah that was very encouraging i think that's going to go a long way for benny and yeah, he did a good job and connor you know offensively would be the mvp
2: and i think you were right i'm just doing some quick math here we the receivers That's had about fault. thirty yards yeah. of receiving, and it's only—it's not their fault. Nobody had more than. Well, Johnson had um, had two was two for two for fourteen yards. Yeah, nobody just else had more have than have to stay patient.
1: They have to find a way to keep developing because these guys. No offense to Duck or Rudolph, they're not going to be able to get the ball downfield to these guys. That's what we need to watch over the rest of the season. Can they get better getting the ball downfield? Right now, the offense is just getting its sea legs. It's found some stuff that's been working for them for three weeks in a row. Those receivers got to stay patient because they're open. And Juju should have had a 75-yard touchdown on the first play. If not, you know, a big 30-yard gain or something. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have
2: anything specific to say about the tight ends? I thought that as a – you know, you know, yeah. there were a lot of jumbo packages out there yesterday. And I thought it was very effective, but nothing more to say about – Agreed vance or vanette
1: and then we kind of talked about the line too they did this is their best run All blocking right. game of the season and they did a good job keeping duck upright as well
2: yeah and i think we uh did a good job yeah, on totally. the. we already sort of covered the defensive line although we didn't mention hargrave but you know he's in that category i mean yeah. he was pushing back even danny mccullers big dan was got a few snaps yeah. and uh was they did a was good job and
1: inside linebackers i think we covered bush i mean
2: yeah i love the focus on the focus camera on tj watt i mean They were showing his technique. What were like, he is (laughs) swimming and slashing his way to the back. I mean, he was no wonder he looked like he was going to faint by the fourth quarter because his intensity was off the charts. And it's you, if you want to see what an edge rusher should do from a technique standpoint. You just cut 100%. up the tape on him yes, from yesterday. Yeah, 100%. It, that was
1: the book on him yeah. coming out of college. It was like this dude's only been playing the position for one year in college, but one of his biggest strengths is his technique and his pass rush plan. And you and I looked at one. I think Rivers was in the end zone where, dude, I thought that TJ was going to strip that for a touchdown, and he almost did. It was amazing that Rivers held on to the ball. But he started with a like a swim move. To get past the tackle, the tackle recovered, and then he went with a rip move. or was, Maybe it was the other way around. Um, and just combining moves upon moves and counters, all, almost Aaron Donald-esque. Okay, that's going too far. But still, Aaron Donald's another good guy you watch where it's like, these dudes look like they're doing judo or taekwondo out there. He yeah, has such a great plan. And Bud had a great game too. I was talking with our buddy Neil Coolung on Twitter, just seeing the – progression that this guy has had um you and i talked in the preseason that we thought he could actually have a very good year this year and we gave him credit for playing through some pretty major injuries the past few seasons we know he's not going to be tj watt or lamar woodley or anything but he has definitively taken a step forward he's not just doing the ring around the the rosy, but the pre giant loop around the quarterback anymore he has learned how to Push the pocket and collapse the pocket, and he's getting other people sacks as well as himself. So the edge rushers are looking really good. He's probably going to make himself some money in the offseason.
2: Yeah, and we we've we talked about Devin, um, we've talked about Bush, and um, you know I I was a little bit critical of him about the tackling, but geez, that glass is way more than half half full. Yeah. And um,
1: that's a learning. It's a learning thing for Bush. I think that he will get a better plan on how to attack people in the open field but at the end of the day he's still always around the ball and that's why he gets the first two turnovers and uh he's only what five six, six games into his career and he's thank goodness by the way cuz he went out with an ankle that would have been such a bummer just uh he was able to come back in thank goodness and now he has a week to rest up his progression it's as good as you can hope right i mean you can't really wish for anything better than this i mean he's playing He's taking his lumps, but as far as rookies go, he is as advertised.
2: Sure. So as far as the the secondary goes, when I mean, we were down Stephen Nelson, yeah. Mike Tomlin gave credit to uh, Artie. I didn't think – I mean I didn't really think he blew anything up back there. I didn't think it was no. solid. But I don't know. Did you see him at any place other than sort of standing over top of they, a guy uh, who just got They, they
1: You know. Luckily, he had a great defensive front, uh, making his job a little bit easier. And those defensive backs are around the ball. Man, if they could just make a few more catches per game, you'd have something unbelievable in your hands. But it is noticeable, right? I mean, the difference. I mean, granted, there were all the passes over the middle of the field. Tighten some of that up. I think Nelson will help a little bit. But, yeah, they're just better this year. I do – it is such a disappointment. You know, Minka is better, like, playing that versatile chess piece kind of role. So that kind of means Terrell Edmonds has to play more deep safety, and that's really not his position either. I mean, I think the interception that he could have had, sure, that wasn't a great play. At least he deflected it. The play that bugged me was where they threw a deep ball, and he just totally misjudged it. It went like five, ten feet over his head, and that's just one of those things that we've said about Edmonds from the beginning. If you don't have ball skills, if you don't have a feel for that, that's not something you develop. You either have that or you don't, and so that's worrisome. But – like we said with Edmonds before, he's kind of a raw guy, so he's slowly improving. Definitely hasn't made any boneheaded plays, and hasn't, uh, you know, didn't give up a giant touchdown or anything like that. So we'll give them credit for that. The good thing is they look good. The secondary looks good, and they still have room to improve. And a lot of them are young, so you could see them doing just that.
2: Yeah, especially the twins, yes. Sutton and Hilton, the silver bullet. I mean, we have these guys who quietly was Sensabaugh playing ahead uh, of them? I think there was some injuries, though. yeah. I mean, they needed time to develop, but yeah, they needed time to develop. But man, and I'd say that
1: the onside son, kick, the um, yeah, him
2: high pointing that onside kick, man, that was that was unbelievable. I think he landing on his head and hung onto the
1: ball. Well, that ball is flipping end over end as fast as you can do it, and he jumps up and high points it and gets upended underneath him and lands on his head and still makes the catch and then makes the game-stealing interception, where, by the way, the runback was beautiful in the interception. I forgot that this man was a punt returner, a great punt returner in college, and I almost wonder if just that interception return alone is going to open the door for Tomlin trying him back, a kick returner, a punt returner again, because obviously the punt returns and kick returns, they've been miserable. So maybe... Maybe Sutton can give them a little bump at that position, too. So
2: we wind up with special teams. Jordan Berry had a 59-yard punt <gasps>
1: to begin the game.
2: And, and the,
1: the, 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 one yard, the punt to the one-yard line for the last, uh, the, unbelievable. Oh, yeah. We're holding down the ball. Yeah, it was awesome. And Chris Boswell was three for three on extra points in one field goal. The kick return unit is poop. They need to get better. Maybe Sutton will get a piece of the pie. Maybe they'll be able to readjust during the off season or during the bye week, uh, the miniature off season, as I like to call it. I do that all the time. But I think that's about that's about all I have.
2: How about the post the one oh, good post game play where Philip yeah, Rivers is manhandling Pisa Hilton? Was right? Embarrassing, Phil. That was weird.
1: He is something else, isn't he? Can you imagine if Ben Roethlisberger did that? He would be suspended For two seasons Isn't it funny How you can establish Your little personality Or the, or the media establishes What they think Your personality is At like the beginning Of your career And that's going to be Your reputation forever And you can get away with Or not yeah. get away with Anything based on that Contrived thing Yeah man Well it just came out While, like, while we were podcasting I, was, I read about it uh, Apparently he was like Waving at the Chargers sideline A totally normal That's not even that big of a taunt. It's just, uh, it's funny to see Phillip Rivers get riled up like that. And how, by the way, how annoying is it that the Steelers lose to them last year while the Steelers are rolling because of? Just I I can't remember many luckier games for a team to win than the Chargers last year with the first touchdown was on a false start by the Chargers offense where nobody moved on the offense or defense except for the receiver who ran a go route uncovered for a touchdown. And everyone thought it would come back because it was such an obvious false start. The refs didn't call it. So they get seven there. They get a block in the back immediately. The first guy on the punt return that the Chargers return. Uh, for a touchdown that doesn't get called and then Joe Hayden intercepts the ball in the end zone perfect high point catches it and Sean Davis blows him up and the ball jars out of his hands not just out of his hands but perfectly up into the arms of Keenan Allen is waiting there it was the luckiest victory you've ever seen so it was nice to get some retribution some revenge this year with the third string quarterback on the road against them the NFL is a weird weird thing So eat that, Philip Rivers. Hold that L, bro. So
2: it was a glorious victory, and we will continue to bask in it for the next 14 days. You have to get back to work. I have to get back to celebrating Columbus Day or Indigenous American Day, whichever your taste is in that. And, hey, check us out on Instagram. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Leave us a note on the website at www.steelersoutpost.com or shoot us an email at steelersoutpost.com. At gmail.com Until next week Actually, two weeks
1: Go Steelers We'll be back next week too Okay, bye-bye
0: This is it We've got an Amex Platinum Pro On our hands Ladies and gentlemen We haven't seen
2: anyone relax like this before In the Centurion Lounge Is he connecting To complimentary Wi-Fi Oh my Look at that He is And you will not
0: believe Where he's going next the Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day,